This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Guess what, motherfucker? I've had some kinky sex. Hello, and thank you for listening to the Maximum Mediocrity Podcast. My name is David Shockley. And I'm Morgan Miller. And this is the podcast where we normally interview people that aren't famous but should be, but we can't really do that right now. So today we're going to be doing something a little different. Today we're going to be talking about the show that is on everyone's mind, Tiger King, the new Netflix original documentary series. How are you doing today, Morgan? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing in your home? I'm doing pretty well. We, uh, we're bunkered up here and uh, honestly, not too much of a change for me, turns out. Yeah, a little bit of an introvert. I realized that I just like canceling plans so much (laughs) that now it's like, oh, this is what I would normally be doing. When this is all over, I don't think I'm ever going to cancel plans again. (laughs) I find myself missing the feeling of missing out. Yes. Yeah, exactly. You're like, man, I wish I could cancel on some shit, but can't even do that. (laughs) I like really started to get focused in on my photography, honestly, David. Is that right? Even even though mm-hmm. you, you haven't really been, uh, have you been going outside a lot to do it or is it like indoor photography? Uh, I took a few photographs last week, but uh, mostly watching a lot of uh, videos about how to take better pictures. Oh, that's good. But yesterday, mostly, I just copied and pasted hashtags into a Google Doc so I can just copy and paste them instead of sitting there for 20 minutes thinking of hashtags i actually looked up the best hashtags for what i was looking to tag the hashtag game is very important a lot of a lot of people skimp on that twitter is really great for hashtags even though instagram is the one we think of if you're not on twitter i'd recommend that and the cool thing about twitter i noticed with hashtags is that you can search multiple hashtags at one time with twitter but with instagram you could only search one at a time oh Little, that is interesting. Little search engine knowledge for you. That is cool. But I think we should get down to the topic at hand here. The uh, uh, the, probably the the only thing that is more contagious than the coronavirus, and that is the Tiger King. I have so much to say about this king. I didn't expect. I don't really know what I expected, but it wasn't what I got. Do you feel the same about the Tiger King as you did on the first episode as you do now? A little bit. Um, I definitely think that my feelings became more sophisticated as I learned more about him, but I, I walked in 
kind of like hating that I like this guy just because he's just going for it. And then by the end, I think I still had those feelings where I was like, God, I fucking hate that I still like him, even though he's a he's a fucking monster. Everyone's a monster. But this is a monster that kills tigers. Yeah. I found myself at the end being ashamed that I cared for him, honestly. Yeah, right. Like they set it up in a way that by the end you do. I think they, they intentionally set up that you end up feeling a little bad for him because he kind of got set up. But I think that if if you actually want somebody killed, the last thing you should do is constantly tell everybody you've ever met that you want to kill this lady. I agree. I can't even understand where his mind was when he decided he was just going to tell everybody he knew that he wanted Carol Bashkin dead. I mean, so do I, but I'm just telling the whole internet about it. Yeah, that means you can't actually do it now. <laughs> also, I, let's also not miss words. He sent her snakes. Like, he actually did that to torment her. That's beyond just saying stuff. He was he, Now he was at the point where he was making decisions. He was harassing her at this point. Yeah, and like... I think that's where I drew the line for my my like of Joe Exotic was was that and and the way he treats his mother. I didn't like that at all. No. I don't like that he kept taking money from his mom. Oh, that part. I I, I didn't enjoy that at all because then it once oh. it got to that point, I realized that he <laughs> was giving like he was buying met like he was buying drugs with it and he was spending all that money on his little boy toys to keep them around on like their drugs and and like their toys. Yes. And I was like, oh, this, this mother's paying for all this. He's just manipulating his mom, who will give him money, to the point where she just ran out. That was pretty rough to watch. And, oh, to watch that little woman cry on camera. Oh he should be God. ashamed of himself. He really should. And I, this is the Maximum Mediocrity podcast, and I, can, I think that that show was very much Maximum, but I'm having trouble finding the mediocrity in anything, because they were all such characters. I don't know. That... His zoo was kind of mediocre. Yeah, okay, that, I'll give you that. Uh, in that video that uh, Carol Bashkin's husband released, where they did the overview of each of the parks, during the show they kind of make Carol's park look kind of really dinky, and honestly, I thought that she was mistreating her animals until I saw that overview. And then they flew over Joe Exotic's park. It's minuscule in size, mm -hmm. in comparisons. I've had two boyfriends most of my life. I currently got legally married. Thank God. It's finally legal in America. I wanted to ask you a few things because there's a few points in the documentary that I think are up for debate. Number one is Carol Baskin. Did she kill her husband, do you think? Oh, for sure. You think she totally did it? Yes. I actually watched a video with a body language expert, and he says in all of the the videos of her being interviewed, she has like a tell. You know when somebody's lying and their face does something interesting or they they twist their fingers around or whatever? They have a little tell. The expert said that she would press her lips any time that she was confronted with the rumors that her and her husband had been fighting very close to the time of his disappearance. Like frowning almost. Hmm. She was stopping her herself from saying something is what he's getting at. Um, and there are other things like when um, they would ask her to tell about the, uh, like, go over the past. He says that usually when people are thinking about the past, they look down 
when they're trying to recall memories. She looks the camera right in the eyes, never blinking. More like a story that you planned kind of deal. I I wouldn't necessarily say that means she killed him. I I could see her being asked about that constantly to the point where she just goes back to like that script that she has in her mind now. Yes, um, I wouldn't say that that necessarily means she killed him, but I do think it proves that she's lying. There's more that she's not saying. She's yeah. protecting something. I don't know what it is, but I think it's the location of her dead husband's body. I had the feeling that maybe she didn't kill him, but she definitely has more information that she is withholding. Yes. Either to protect herself or protect her husband, who may or may not even still be alive. I agree. And I wish they would have gone into a little bit more detail about what Don Lewis did for a living. I think it's very obvious that he was drug smuggling. Yeah, I thought so too. And there's another point that somebody made where she says that she met Don Lewis uh, because she was walking down the street in the middle of the night and he just pulled up and like said, can you get in my car? Uh, I, I found out that that's kind of code word for... She was a hooker. Oh my god. She's a prostitute. Man, I could see it. It was like, what, the 70s? The 80s? Makes sense to me. Yeah. And I think they glossed over that in the documentary, and I can totally see why, but I, and then learning about it later, I think that really adds a lot of, uh, I think that adds a little bit more context to the type of people that they were at the time. Yes, I agree. Jumping forward a little bit about the fire that happened on the facility. Who do you think set the fire? Oh, I feel like it was definitely Joe. I feel like there was some incriminating evidence on some of those films. Uh, Actually, you know who had something to say about that? Rick Kirkham said that he had video of Joe killing a tiger just for fun. He didn't like the tiger, so he put a bullet right between its eyes. Yeah, yeah, that was a, I think that was part of the David Spade interview that he did with him, right? Yes, I do think you are right. Yes, that was great. I saw that. And I think that gave a lot more information about kind of more about how Joe without the editing of uh, of the filmmakers that showed that, that Joe is still like a pretty fucked up individual. And I totally right. believe him. I actually ended up kind of liking Rick. He's mm-hmm. not a great guy in general, but I had the feeling that he was being very genuine and honest with the information. Like, it seemed like he was genuinely messed up by what happened, what he saw and what he did. Like, he feels genuine remorse for being involved in any way with these events. Yeah. Do you know what I call him? No. Indiana Creepy. (laughs) He looks like if Indiana Jones got stung by a bunch of bumblebees. (laughs) But Rick Kirkham... I I think I respected him because he seemed very open and honest with about like how shitty he was. And then everybody right. else kind of went down with him. Right. I feel like he was the only one willing to say that he wasn't perfect. Everybody else that they interviewed never had even one bad thing to say about themselves. Yeah. They all were just trying to shift blame to somebody else. Yes. I really respect him for taking some responsibility. Totally. Oh, my God. I am never going to financially recover from this. I think I wanted to rank the characters. I wanted to rank, like, who's the best and who's the worst. Okay. Who do you... Let's start Let's start positive. I think that's a good start. Who do you think was the best character overall? Ooh, good as in how. Like, 
moral wise like who yeah. did the least wrong like out of like let's say everybody every single person we met is going to be going to jail and we have the option to keep four of them out okay which, which ones do you think did the best like yeah i guess morally i, I think is what i'm saying all right, I'll go with my boy Eric, and I definitely want to go with uh, John Finley. I don't think he did anything wrong. I think that top of my list is Saf. Yeah, she, he didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, I really like Saf. He was he was really cool, and I think honestly, I think he had the best intentions for everybody. He he, there's that little note right at the end where he says. You know, no animals benefited from this war. All these people say that they're animal advocates, but animals only got hurt in this. None of them were saved. Yeah. And it really, I, I think after the documentary, that was a great palate cleanser because you remembered, oh, wait, that's right. That's why I'm here. <laughs> Tigers. Oh. It's, it's like going to a, a amusement park and eating the pizza and going, wow, this is really good pizza. I really enjoyed it. And someone said, did you get on any roller coasters? And, they, and you go, oh, fuck. That's right. I forgot. <laughs> but I, I think those are our best. Now, who do you think is the worst person out of everybody? If you were asking me, I definitely think... I'm asking you. I think... Uh, I'm going to say Doc. I agree he's with fucking, you. He's really fucking creepy, man. He was really weird. He's like Joe, but... Just like a little bit more cunning and way less drug use. He's like a fat Geralt from The Witcher. <laughs> I'm sure that's exactly how he sees himself. Yeah, he was most unnerving. I'm also going to refer to him as Kevin Antle. I refuse to acknowledge his degree. What is his degree, per se? It was some bullshit. It was like ancient Chinese medicine or something. Oh, get a fucking hold of yourself. Yeah. You were are... Too fucking white for that to be your degree. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not I'm not acknowledging that degree. So Kevin Antle. Also, it was really unnerving to me when he was talking to the filmmakers and you could tell when he like switched on his like announcer voice. Yes. Because that's I, very cult leaderish to me. Yeah. And I was like, ooh, he's really trying here. Like, he has this presentation of who he thinks he is. And then when he's talking, like, normally, he sounds so fucking creepy and weird. Um, I feel very attacked by what you just said. I represent that. No. <laughs> <laughs> you represent the announcer voice? Yes. When I'm on and when I'm off. But it's like, when we're, when we're off, like, we're kind of still us. It's just that when we're on, we're just kind of like extra versions of ourselves where when he's on it's like he's a totally different person ah uh, you know what i see what you mean i thought man there should really be a law that does something to stop this guy right he's using his influence to get these women with low self-esteem to do whatever he wants and it's a it's not groovy man but it's not illegal yeah and that's fucked up i did a little research on uh, Kevin Antle, and he made a video in response to the documentary, and he was unsurprisingly not too fucking thrilled, and he said it was very yeah. salacious as well. I think it's the only time that I... him and him and Carol Baskin have agreed on something. <laughs> he also hates Carol fucking Baskin. He fucking hates her. Oh, we never finished our list of the worst. So number one, I think we can agree is Ooh. definitely Kevin Antle. Yes. Who do you think was worse, Joe Exotic or Carol Baskin? I mean, honestly, it's probably definitely Joe. But my heart tells me to say Carol fucking Baskin. Yeah, fuck Carol Baskin. 
I think I think they're it's like they're very close. I think Joe is a little worse, and then Carol's like a close third. I just think Carol's a real piece of shit because of she's not doing anything to benefit like the community. I feel like this isn't about the community anymore. This isn't about big fucking cats. This is about her. Yeah, I th- I was kind of on her side until until the lawsuit started to happen, and it was clear that she was just going after Joe personally. She didn't yes. want. Keep in mind, she wanted his shit. She didn't want his tigers to get them away from him. She wanted his shit. She wanted to make. She him wanted suffer. to ruin Joe. Yeah. Yeah. And for that, you know what? I think she's a little worse. Cause it wasn't for the cats. It was never about. It was hardly ever about the cats. Oh my god! And that video of her saying how to how to keep animals as pets. Woo! Fucking. Oh great. yeah. I felt like all of the a lot of this lawsuit was really hypocritical. Mm-hmm. Like she's doing a lot of the same shit. She might not be killing these tigers, but she's doing some other like shady ass shit too. Yeah. I think she's like she's just trying to change the law so that she's like the only one doing it. Like, I, I definitely think that her facility now is so much better than Joe's. I'm not going to I'm not going to say that it isn't. It's definitely a nonprofit and using volunteers is not that bad. You know, I'll give her that. I mean, I've worked as a volunteer before for for different projects, and if it's something mm-hmm. that you like doing, you don't really need to get paid. I I think that it was just an interesting parallel of how she is criticizing other people for doing kind of what she's doing, but she's just doing it above board. Yeah, um I actually found out that People are only allowed to visit her facility one day out of the whole year. I was kind of going off of what uh, her husband said in that little video. Yeah. I I don't know. I don't... I, I almost feel bad for the current husband. Because, he, like... <laughs> I mean... He didn't fucking ask for this shit. I mean... He I'm, just met some hooker on the street. <laughs> he was kind of talking like his life depended on it. <laughs> Knowing Carol Baskin, hey, I think he is. Yeah. Oh. David, speaking of current husbands, what about Joe Exotic's current husband? Oh, yeah. Dylan Passage. I have something to say about Dylan and all the young boys and girls that were in this show. This is called grooming. And I don't. Yes. I wish they would have brought that up more in the show. That by an older person kind of taking this young, impressionable person under their wing and then making them fall in love with you, like, that's. That's not criminal, but it should be. And it's manipulation of that person. It's predatorial behavior. I think it should totally be illegal. It would just be incredibly difficult to prove. Because that person, like, usually kind of wants to be there because they've been brainwashed into wanting to be there. Exactly, exactly. And Joe and Antle both do it on varying degrees. And throughout the... Actually, even even Jeff Lowe does it. Because his wife, Lauren, is a lot younger than him. Yeah, but I I thought their thing was that they're swingers, that they uh, they're not like tied to each other in that way. Well, they can be promiscuous. Yes, but a swinger. I I don't. I had a feeling that he's more of the swinger than she is. (laughs) Have you seen that fucking nanny that he got like right at the very end of the show? Yeah, I was like, all right, buddy, you need to relax a little. Like, I think you can have this lifestyle, but I think you need to be a little less public about it for just for your public image's sake. Oh my god, that woman either has the biggest self-confidence or absolutely none at all. Which one, Lauren? Yes, the wife. Yeah, the wife, Lauren. Yeah, uh, and that's mm-hmm. that's kind of what makes me think that it's a grooming thing, because, like, uh, 
Uh, uh, I don't know. I didn't like that. It made me feel sticky in a bad way. Um, have you liked it, Jeff? He looks sticky. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that he is still rocking. <laughs> <laughs> just let's just look. At, I'm going to pull up a picture of this. I'm going to do it, too. <laughs> the face that they picked for him in this picture is him with his lips pressed. And it's fucking hilarious. This man doesn't have like, lips. He fucking doesn't. And I just want to know, what, what is the point of wearing the do-rag underneath the hat that says Oakley? It has two different brands. I feel like this is... I feel like that's uh, contradictory. The man is a walking but, lawsuit. Oh, God. He seems like I would fucking hate to talk to him. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Does he, I think he even has a, a bleached goatee if i'm not mistaken i hear he has a bleached asshole actually (laughs) this man is so afraid to be gay that he would rather look like a 15 year old in the early 2000s he really does oh my gosh the ferrari got me so bad the second i saw him in a ferrari and i was like that motherfucker's poor as shit that motherfucker ain't got money (laughs) like he kind of is he's like low-key broke He's got nice things, but they are all juggling in the air. Yeah. Very precariously. Yeah, he's a he's a con artist. When when they said that in the interview or in the documentary, uh, I couldn't have agreed more. Right. I think I think he's at the top of the bad people list. I think he figured out that he could trick young impressionable women into thinking he had money, and when that just worked out mm-hmm. so well that he's like, I could do this for my whole career. <laughs> oh, he's like. He's like right under Carol Baskin for me. Yeah, yeah, I would say he he wins the number four spot. He's a scumbag. Mm-hmm. I think he's, he's pretty terrible. Yeah, and I I think I think the documentary got it right. I think he's just a con artist. And I, I watched the David Spade interview with him and Lauren. And oh, I did not watch that one. How he, was it? That one was really interesting. To kind of the TLDR is that. He doesn't like how he was portrayed. He he thinks that he wasn't portrayed fairly, but then gave no fucking backup. I think we got you just right, Jeff. Yeah, it's like, Jeff, I think I think we nailed it. And then the nanny came on screen. And then I was like, mm, you are not looking good. It's like, oh, Jeff, Jeff, be tactful here, buddy. <laughs> he was so excited about the nanny. Yo, he was so excited. And the nanny is actually a Las Vegas model. Oh, okay, so, w- so it's not even really a nanny. Yeah, I mean, we can... Uh, I hear that that nanny's still with them to this day. Yeah, yeah, she was She she was in the interview with uh, David Spade, and uh, she's part-time. God damn it! She's part-time. That's the thing they left out, is that she's... What's the... What's even the point of having a part-time nanny? So that you can fuck her? I guess you're right. That's... <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, why would you have a part-time nanny? I feel like nannies are supposed to be full-time. Yeah, you know what? I noticed they talked a lot about being swingers, but... I never saw another guy that was swinging. Oof. Oh, my God. Do you think that this woman is gay and is in this for the money? Well, she is barking up the wrong fucking tree. <laughs> That's th- the only way I could explain besides the fact that this is a- another grooming situation. I think that's the that would be the best angle for her. She's like, you know what? That would- I'm married to this man. I have his child. I should become a lesbian and just let him fuck other women. <laughs> well, 
it seems like I bet that she gets to fuck other women. Yeah, and that's why she's like, and then they'll come over to me. So it's like, I still get to do it too. That's the best right. angle for her. I hope that that's how it's going and it's not the other thing. Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm doubtful, but I'm hopeful. So Morgan, after watching yes. the documentary, did you feel that the story was sensationalized or do you think it played it pretty accurately to the events? Because me and you, we both like we both know how much editing can affect something. Do I think it was sensationalized? I think maybe a little. Like I think that I think that some of the things are true, but I think some of maybe a good portion of the show is like maybe dramatized to sell more to the Netflix crowd. I can see that. I had a feeling kind of kind of similar, but I I think that it was edited to tell a story but i think all the events that they refer to were portrayed very accurately i i could see that mm-hmm. i say that because indiana creepy he <sighs> is the guy that has the most production experience out of everybody else and mm-hmm. he said everything was accurate and if anything that they downplayed it wow and i kind of take his opinion very highly because of how much because of how much of a how much he doesn't have to lose. Right. And he was so honest about his involvement honestly. Yes. I could see why you would think that. Like it's hard to think that it wasn't sensationalized since it was so fucking bizarre. Yes. I liked how like you're watching the show, you're watching the show and then I think what is it episode 5 or episode 6, they have the DA come in. Or they have the they have yes, the feds come yes. in. I feel like I know where you're going. Yeah, and like you have that woman just start talking, like, "Oh, okay, so we were we we got him on this, we got him on this," and you're like, "Oh my god, somebody that doesn't have an accent! Holy shit, that's right, oh this is god. what normal is." I'm broke as shit. Was there anything in the documentary that you thought they should have covered more of? I feel like we didn't spend any time on Travis. Yeah, he just got that one blip. One little, like, he entered, and they didn't even go into, like, extreme detail of telling you how Joe, like, swooned him or anything, got him to stay with him. They, like, kind of skimmed over his whole existence, like, what he did on the property. Yeah, he came... Basically, it just seemed like he shot guns and rode ATVs. Yeah, and then did a bunch of drugs and married... And died. Yeah. You're right, because he came from California... And when you watch the the scene of that funeral, I think his mom is tweaking. And I think that he was getting the drugs from Joe, doing them, and then giving some to his mom, which was why she was just okay with this craziest circumstance. You're right, because if you had a parent that had half of a brain, they would have some questions about their 19-year-old son marrying this weird old guy with a mullet. Yeah, we're marrying him in like a threesome relationship. <laughs> I wish that I could have been there when Travis told her mom, uh, told his mom what was going on. <laughs> right, like how do you even react to that? Let's say Morgan, you know, you're you're a little bit later in life. You got some kids. They're they're growing up. They're still living Where's, at home. They're going, and and they come home and say, "Mom, I'm uh, I'm I'm seeing a man, and he oh. is uh, he's as old as you." Uh um and and he Tell has me more son. He, he has a mullet. Um his name uh, 
His name's Joe. Exotic. Joe what? Exotic. Oh, right. Right there. You stop right the fuck there. <laughs> I'm going to need to meet Mr. Exotic. Should have never let you out of the womb. <laughs> right. I should have aborted you when I had the chance, boy. <laughs> Bringing this dishonor on our family name. This good family name of whatever the fuck Travis's last name is. Yeah. Uh Mendodontal or some shit. I think I really wanted to see more of James Garretson. I wanted them to investigate him a little more. That was the Chucky doll looking guy. I absolutely love the scene where he was on that jet ski. <laughs> it took me aback so hard. I d- it's just the beginning of the episode. Just dun, dun, dun. I was like, what the fuck? What did Top Gun just start? Uh, but like he was like. They were just straight up like, like they were like, yeah, the feds got me because I owned a lemur. It's like, and you called your lawyer and his lawyer said that they were, that he was fucked. That's not because of a lemur. Right. When your lawyer says you're fucked, you done something real bad. I'm speculating here. I'm just saying that I feel like when you're in a game like this, I feel like you think that you're untouchable. Nobody can get me. I own fucking tigers, baby. I can fuck little boys if I want to. Yeah. I can take them away from their mommies and then give them a whole bunch of drugs so they never even call their mommies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like he was up to something way more than lemurs. I bet he was in some underground shit that they just didn't have enough evidence to put in that documentary. Yeah. And he kept saying, like, on the record, off the record stuff. It's like, oh, son, you don't know how this works. It's all on the record, baby. It's all on the record. And final question, Morgan. What was the most shocking thing for you about that documentary that just stuck with you? I mean, as soon as you said that, definitely Travis killing himself stands out really strongly in my mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was... I th- I thought that was interesting to include that film. That seems like something that should have been kept private. If I was that boy's mom, I would be furious that that film made it into the public's hands. Mm. That's just something personal to me. I wouldn't want that. I completely understand what you're saying. You're right. I think if I was that mom, I would also be pissed because that's incredibly private that now the whole world knows. And and in, in another way, but I also think it's important to keep it in for the sake of the documentary because it shows that like people get hurt because of these actions like these aren't just crazy hillbillies running around shooting each other and everything's grand and there's no consequences like owning a gun is dangerous i could see that yeah these are it made you see that these people are people yeah they're not just these like it made them actual people instead of just people in a documentary yeah these could be Fake for all I know. Yeah, these aren't characters anymore. These are people with real lives that have to then live. Right. They carry the weight of these actions in their heart every day. Yeah. For me, one of the most shocking things that, that kind of stuck with me was one of Doc Antle's uh, ex-volunteers, the one that they interviewed oh. that had the boob job done. Yes. How was that not incredible? Go on. Specifically, it was the boob job. It Like, that kept me up thinking about that because just thinking how invasive that is and how how much you've been taken advantage of where someone signs you up for breast surgery and you just are and too you felt scared too scared 
Yeah, and now you've had somebody, like, you've had your body molded against your will to fit someone else's right. fucking desires. And I th- also think it's sick because I think boob jobs are great. I think if you want to get a boob job done, fucking more power to you. If that's how you want to live your life and that makes you feel good, get it done. But when it's done like that, it it just, it's so skeezy. Makes me sick. When it's done for somebody else and not for you, like, if you want one because you think it's going to fulfill you, it's just filling out the image that you've always seen yourself being. That's beautiful. And I would never hold that against somebody. But the fact that that man made her feel so pressured to get a boob job just so she could keep her job that didn't even pay her, like, a minimum wage, it sounded like. Mm -hmm. I don't understand how that wasn't incriminating evidence. Yeah. Like, there, something out of the things that she said should have been enough to have him fully investigated on as a sexual predator. In my, in my mind. It is mind-boggling that he is not under investigation. Yeah, I think they're all under investigation now. Whether it's public or not, I think privately they are pulling strings to get these people locked away. I think you might be right about that. Because a, a, a lot of the reason why my big... Uh, people get put away is because of public pressure and there's a lot of public pressure right now oh it's because we're all at home and it was the perfect time to release something like this oh fucking perfect i consider that bitch to be one of the biggest terrorists in the exotic animal world did you learn anything from this documentary like like what do we take away from this okay you know what i learned Hmm. i learned that joe exotic is a better deterrent to drugs than dare ever could be oh my god like, if not him, his three husbands. Yeah. I think Dare should just get an auditorium, fill it with kids, show them that documentary, and then at the end just say, don't do drugs. We call it meth mouth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. That was so mean. <laughs> that was the funniest part of the whole thing. It was... Even funnier than the uh, than the fat guy on the jet ski man. Yeah, John Finley. I have a, I had a soft spot in my heart for John Finley because you know he he, has- he made a wrong turn in life. He ended up married to a man, wasn't gay, addicted to meth, like <laughs> wasn't even gay. Wasn't even gay. I felt really bad for him. And then th- I really liked his follow up. He he's got some new teeth. He's got a he's got a fiance. He's got a kid. He's he's looking up. He's six years sober. Six years. Oh, really? Oh, good for him. Yes. Shout out to John right. Finley. Keep going, guys. Right. You know what? I'm glad that he's doing well. He seems to be the only one that's doing, like, legitimately good that I've looked up. Yeah. Yeah, him and Saf. They, they seem like they're doing okay. I have questions about how... I guess I've never been addicted to drugs, so I wouldn't know. I was just thinking to myself, how could I be swayed to be gay if I wasn't gay? Meth. For that long, for 11 years, and then I thought about meth mouth, and I was like, I guess I don't understand the powers of addiction. Not like that. That never could, I don't think. I definitely think it was meth and and also all the shit he was buying. I'm like, he said he bought like four or five All the trucks and, uh, what was it, and like the guns and shit. Like, you basically gave him anything you wanted. True, true, true. And also, he made him feel important. I think that's I think that's key too. He made him feel essential. Yeah. I don't think anybody like John Finley could feel satisfied with guns and ATVs like Travis. Mm-hmm. He was a little more complex. Yeah. He needed to feel important with his crocodiles and alligators. 
I, I yeah, you're right. I think there was that emotional element too. This is somebody who will pay attention to me, who makes me feel wanted. Ah, oh, isn't that just fucking sick? Right. And isn't that that's kind of what we all want, right? Yeah, I just felt like a pang of like dread. I was like, I, if I was in that same position, in in his position. Mm-hmm. Would I have given in? Would I have turned into this weird, fake gay person? <laughs> I think I might have. I might have. I feel like I it- mean, I get to play with tigers. Right. There was like a lot going for this situation. Wait a second, and I only got to take it up. If I was like a little undereducated, like he seemed at the time, at the very least, tigers might have fucking won me over. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's like the core of this: is that tigers just have this inane ability to make other people feel powerful. And feel, like, good about themselves. My serious question to you. Out of the whole cast, who are you sleeping with? Oh. Who are you let holding you tonight? Oh, it's that DA agent. Are you sure? She threw me off so bad, I was like, who the fuck is this normie? Yeah. I was like, ma'am, you have too normal of a haircut for any of this. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that you got the right, you don't have the right look for this show, honey. Yeah. I think that's going to be on the next DA agent. That agent, her haircut is going to be the hot summer haircut. I can already tell. <laughs> After we saw the shit show of other people trying different things. <laughs> I kind of get lucky with this question because all the women were seemed very nice. Uh, they just seemed to be like caught up in some bad shit. Yeah. Like like Lauren Lowe, I kind of think she like she's a swinger and I I kind of think she's kind of getting taken <laughs> advantage of the nanny, all the other women at, at Doc Antle's place. Like, I got my pick of the litter here as far as guilty you free You really do. Uh, what about you? All right. Who am I sleeping with? I can't pick Joe. He would never touch me. <laughs> like a little gold nuggets. <laughs> You're not nuggets. really that gay. You're not really that straight, are you? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's very hard. A large portion of our crowd's gay. A gay man. Yeah. yeah. And I'm never going to sleep with Doc. <laughs> Right, you'll end up, you'll you'll end up just being going for like a one night stand, and like he'll end up just like getting you into his cult. I already, I already have big ass titties. I cannot have Doc getting me to have bigger ones. Yeah. That couldn't happen to me. All right, I just pulled up a picture of that DEA agent. Her hair was way too normal to be in that documentary. Mm-hmm. They should have like forced her to dye it purple or something. Something just to fit in. Man, I guess. I'll guess we'll go with the purest of hearts, people. Either John Finley or Joshua Day, a dial. Yeah, I yeah I could see you actually having a very loving relationship with Joshua. He seems like he's really nice. Yeah, he I'm did. sure he he just seems like he was in the wrong place at the wrong time and had to see it through. I'm like I'm like, <laughs> can we? Maybe you can pick the filmmaker, Eric. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Eric Good. Hold on, let me see. Oh, I mean, uh, I wouldn't mind slipping into those goods if you would. Oh, shit. I'm just saying, look at that little smile. Mm. Uh, well, Morgan, thank you very much for uh, for joining me for our first quarantine episode of Max Mediocrity Podcast, and uh, thank you for listening. Um, Don't forget to wear a condom. I don't want to see any uh, quarantine babies. Make me. Yeah, no, 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 no. I can't joke about that. No, no quarantine babies.
You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 